Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, I'm Chess Smith, and I hate surfing. Someone who does not hate surfing is one Damien Hobgood. Now, Damien Hobgood sits in surfing's Grand Valhalla, next to his twin brother CJ, across from Richie Collins. The fearless Goofyfoot was born and raised in Florida, making a mark on the surf scene right away. He surfed on tour for 14 years, was a staple of the iconic Joe G. Globe surf films, and is here today to share wisdom and grace with you. Without further ado, Damien Hopkins. We, we, we're in Europe, right? I can't believe Ooh. we're doing this in Hasegar. That's yeah. why we have wine. Oh, yeah. That's very professional. Uh-huh. Even this glass, cheers. Yeah. Damo's solo session at 12-foot Greenbush almost a decade ago and described by Dion Aegis as, quote, the most insane, courageous performance I've ever seen. He was an animal. Apparently, Damo made giant drops beyond the vertical axis and got into barrels that were so big, even if a camera had been there, it wouldn't have been able to translate its enormity into pixels. So the Karamas contest was going on, and I, and I ended up losing... Um, and those guys were over in, um, Macaroni's Resort. And I, like, just looked. I don't really know. I'd never gone to Greenbush in my life, and, uh, but I always really wanted to go there. Because even more of a backstory, when I was a kid, I've still yet to ask Martin Daly, when I said, hey, let's go check this bay out on one of his old, old trips. And he's like, nah, dude, I've been in there. There's nothing good. I'm like, dude, you sure? I'm like, dude, let's just go check it out. He's like, dude, it's not, it's like a closeout. And I was just like, oh, okay. And we kept sailing and I, and I still kind of remember this point, like, dude, was he, did he really not think Greenbush was a wave or did he just not want me to go there? And so I never surfed there. And then, and I was like, I really wanted to surf there. I looked like a crazy wave. So then I was like, hey guys, I know you guys are out there. I'm, uh, I'm jumping on a flight. I'm going to jump on this, on this uh, ferry, have the speedboat come pick me up. But by the way, if it looks good, I'm going to make the guy go in there and I'm just going to, and I'm going to surf. So if there's waves like it should be, this could be the day, just meet me there. And that was kind of like the only, um, the only uh, communication we had. And then I left went on the journey, um, I mean, like most people, you, you know, you get to put on or whatever, and then you jump on that ferry and you go out and the speed and the, the speedboat was there to grab me. And so I was like, yeah, this is sick, dude. These guys, these guys got it. Like I got my boat, I'm ready. So he starts going and, uh, and you know, I'm seeing the swell lines and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, it's on, dude. And uh, so I'm like, oh, the guys will probably be there. And then he starts going and the guy was like, he was trying to tell me no, like, no, I'm not going to go in there. Like, I think the guys are here. And I'm like, no, no. And I'd already remember like Martin Daly doing that to me before, like when I was like 15 or 16. So I was like, no, dude, this ain't going down. I'm like, no, dude, my friends are in there. We got to go in there. So finally, like basically make them go in there. And he just wanted to show me that no one was in there. But when he was driving the boat, he wasn't looking. So I'm pulling my boards out. I'm sticking fins in. I'm waxing up. And I'm thinking, and then like he goes to turn around. He's like, see, no one's here. You know, and I'm all, thanks, bro. And I jump off the boat. And, it, and, and I knew once I was off the boat, he's probably not going to leave me. You know, and I was thinking the guys are going to show up. And it was, it was bombing. It was, I was scared. You know, it was like, 
they reminded me of Chopu a lot. And, um, and, uh, and I was like, wow, because it was weird because I remember it being like this peak, like kind of coming in this peak, but that day was like, um, and you can see some videos now, and I think you get a lot of the video of uh, when, um, when uh, Nick Von Rupp in the, and his buddy went and surfed there. So it was like that. You can see when it hits that next level, it doesn't really wedge up. It just becomes this long, like, more like a chopu type thing. And, yeah, I surfed by myself. I was, I was pretty scared on a lot of them. And, uh, and, uh, but it was, it was an unreal session. Was that during the uh, Globe filming? Or no? This was... It, so those guys were there, and they were supposed to be filming. But they weren't there. And I just said, hey, look, meet me there. Yeah. Like meet me there, I'll be there, and uh, and um, and I was like, hey, look, if it's good, I'm not going by it. Like I'm gonna, cause I was worried that that was gonna be the day, and then the and then the next day would be too small, or like the wind or something was gonna be wrong, and then so then basically I just surfed my brains out the whole day, but I kept thinking they were gonna show up. I'm like, yeah. they're probably gonna show up. I bet they'll show up. Then finally it was like one o'clock and I'm like pretty surfed out. It was a long day. It was like, and I was like, well, gee, maybe they're not showing up. And the wind started coming up a little bit. And so I was like, and the boat driver was getting so over me by then. And uh, so finally I paddled back to the boat and jumped on the boat, went back. And then I saw him at the dock and I was all, dude, where were you guys? And like, I almost couldn't even tell him. I'm like, where were you guys? Like, dude, we thought the wind was off. We thought it was this and that. And then, uh, and they're, and they're like, it was good, huh? And I was all, yeah, dude, it was like freaking good. But I didn't want to like bum out too much. And I was like, dude, it'll probably be good tomorrow. <laughs> like whatever, it'll be good tomorrow. And then, uh, and then the next day we went there and it was still, it was still pretty good. It'd come down a little bit. And then that's when we shot all that footage. So that's when, so yeah, Dion, uh, described you as a man possessed. Uh, and rode one wave you described, or Dion described, looking like Black Death. Do you remember <laughs> that way? I don't really remember, but I was just thinking like, I was just thinking like, it looked like death the day before. Yeah. And I was like, this is actually, this is actually pretty fun. You know, like this is more, you know, more manageable. You know, a little more, and I kind of like understood what the wave was doing a little more, and, and, um, but yeah, it was it was on it was I was stoked. It was an unreal sesh. Where did you get the taste for that kind of wave? Growing up, being born in Florida, like where did the hell charge? I mean, because I think you both you and CJ mm -hmm. have developed that reputation of a fearlessness. Where did that come from? Uh, I'm not sure. I I kind of just think that more along the lines of like, hey, we might I might never see this wave again. I might not ever have this opportunity again. Let me just go see what happens, you know? Kind of almost the same way when I, when I you know, pulled in the bay that, that morning and I was just like, dude, I don't care no one's here. I might never see this wave again. Tomorrow's not a guarantee. It could be blown out and flat. Like, I'm just gonna go out. Okay, continuing on with Dion. I asked Dion what we could learn from Damo and he said, how to be a man and an awesome, <laughs> loving, caring gentleman that is also tough and strong and crazy as the manliest of men. <laughs> Dion Aegis. Oh, thank you, Dion. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so 
let's see here we say talk about the day dealing in fear those little increments between terrible injury and immense satisfaction so when it's pumping that way uh, and you're really sending it what is your mental either game or your your process of like what's going on mentally yeah um well i mean i think we're you know in life in general we're always playing like the risk to reward you know in in, in general like I could risk this and this could happen. Is the reward good enough? You know? And uh, so I think we're always kind of playing that. But then once you kind of do that math and you're like, I could get the wave of my life. Like this might happen, but I could get the wave of my life. To me, that's worth it. And then the, then you're able to kind of like push the, kind of push the fear and the, and the risk kind of to the side, you know? But I think the hard part is when, you think it's too risky and the reward's not good enough and then you're trying to fight through that i think that i think that's where it becomes hard what are the times uh on both sides i suppose that you've uh sent it where you realized it wasn't worth it and then likewise where you pulled back and thought oh, and, yeah and have been haunted do you have any hauntings oh totally i mean i got a lot of hauntings you know um yeah, I mean, it's just any time you, like, maybe didn't put yourself in the goodest spot of the wave or, like, you know, I mean, the, probably the, the the biggest haunting is when I was, like, next to CJ on that big Chopu wave and I didn't go. And then he went and I was all, and I played it in my mind like it looked like a closeout. And so that's why I was like, oh, dude, look like a closeout. You don't want to go. But then I was like, dude, you're probably just scared, you know. And then so... um yeah, I think there's a lot of times I've kind of pulled back. I think, I think, like, for me more, it's like when you're kind of asking yourself before it all goes down. Like, once, it, once like, like I said, like, when you're, once you're on the beach and you're like, dude, I want that and the risk is worth it, then kind of whatever happens past that is kind of, like, okay. I think what the hardest part is when you're like, dude, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know. And you're like, well, whatever, I'll just go do it. And then you kind of do something stupid, then that's when it like really haunts you, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I think we do that in all in life, right? Whether it's like we're snowboarding or we're going to go skateboard or we're going to do anything. It's like, Sit down yeah. and write something really stupid haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, long Tom, you know, Long Tom, Steve Shear, great surf journalist. Okay. You know Long Tom? I'm not sure. Steve Shear, he's a... Great Australian, like the best okay. Australian surf journalist. Uh, describe CJ and Damo's relationship as a tale of competitiveness and Greek tragedy like Andy and Bruce. Uh, sorry, a, a relationship as tale of competitiveness and Greek tragedy like Andy and Bruce, but more a classic hero's journey. Discuss mm. the relationship with your brother. Is it yeah. tragic? I, I mean, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, um... I think, you know, I think all of our relationships have kind of come out of the relationship I've had with my brother, um, where most, a lot of people can't understand, like, that you can actually not necessarily agree with someone, not even really like the person, but, like, you could still totally love the person. You could still have this, like, really, like, deep foundation of, of being there for each other. But, like, in a sense of almost, like, at times, like, 
like kind of despising each other in a sense. And, and most people can't understand that. And they, they almost don't even know how to, um, they, they almost don't know that two of those can live together, you know? And, uh, and because I was able to have that with my brother, a lot of relationships past that were kind of easy, you know? Like, um, I mean, I'll use you and I, for example, like, do we have a, I feel like we have a, a great relationship. Do I agree with most of you say? Heck no. Do I, do I even like, maybe like how you do it necessarily? Like, no, but I'm like, dude, the guy's different. He does things differently. Like, cool. Like, that's totally fine. And, and, uh, and I think even on that sense, like, people even tripped out on like, on like, well, how do you, how do you do that? You know, like, well, dude, like you can have a great relationship with someone and like, you don't, why would like, you don't want someone thinking like you think, you don't want someone believing everything you think like, or, or wouldn't that be kind of lame? Like, you know, like I, I just don't, you know, and I think, I mean, I think that's even just a bigger story in today's world in a sense, you know, it's like, I can't, I can't interact with you if you don't believe the way I believe. And, and I think through that process and my brother, I've been able to, to, to have some really, really good relationships that I probably would never have if I didn't understand that, you know? I love that, especially this day and age when everything is exactly. So like, if I don't agree with you politically, even like on one simple thing, yeah, atomic bomb to anyone that disagrees with me politically is wild. You're missing out on everything. It's wild. I go. I think about it and go like, wow, dude, you could have the best relationship with that person. And because that one little thing like stopped you, like, gosh, what are you missing out on? Like you said. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. And I, I, I think even on like, even on that, like as a premise is why I enjoyed our relationship so good. It's just like, wow, dude, you thought that or what the, like, well, it's interesting, you know, and like, um, so yeah, I think that, I think that's where the, a lot of the beauty lies, you know, even, even to a point of like, even the, even our competitors didn't know how to take it, you know, like, well, you guys were just yelling at each other and you just said, you wanted to rip his hat off and like, like, dude, like, are you guys okay? You know, we're like, no, nah, we were just kind of getting it out. Like, we were just like, we were trying to be like kids again, like. Cause when you're a kid, you actually do that to your best friend all the time. But like, and so it was like, so a lot of times it was, it was I think it was hard for people to understand. I love it. You know. Talk about CJ's accidental world title. Why was Damo surfing a pipe while his brother was winning at sunset? That was being selfish. It was being selfish and, and thought mainly getting a barrel of pipe was going to be way better. Was it? Um, no, in hindsight, it wasn't, <laughs> but when you're, when you're, a, a, you know, probably a cocky little punk, it seems better. Did it bug you that CJ won? I was super stoked he won. Yeah. It kind of bugged me that I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. It bugged me that I wasn't there to like, to experience that moment, you know? I, I think it's no different than in like, when you look back on like, any relationship or anything you do, you're like, dude, I was so selfish. Like, dude, I was a selfish punk for like, I didn't even care about that person. Like, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. You know, um, but I mean, I've done selfish things before. 
and I'll probably do it again. <laughs> <laughs> what was the emotional reckoning from films? Uh, it says here, quote, What's on the other side of fear at Chopu is illustrated by Damo Hobgood in one of the most powerful passages in the film when he talks us through an almost fatal wipeout, describing putting his fingers into holes in his head after a collision with the reef and a cool divine breeze flowing through a deeply altered state of consciousness as his life swung in the balance. The post-traumatic impact is hinted at when Damo phones his mom Maureen in a scene of deep emotional reckoning. Mm -hmm. Do you remember uh, that time? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Describe. You guys are making me sound really cool, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'd just been serving a long time, bad wipeout. Um, you know, I thought someone was going to go, and then, and then they pulled back, and then I was like, oh, I can go. And then right when I was like, oh, shoot, I don't got this. And then I, like, I also remember sitting at the top of the wave, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, dude, like, maybe I'll jump and, like, try to jump out in front of the wave, like, as, as I'm, like, going over the falls. And right when I thought like, well, this is going really slow, it felt like I'd like jumped from like a two-story building and then like, like just like jumped, but like intentionally landed on my butt. And then when I landed on my butt, I, I kind of felt like it was like, like I just like crumpled into like the reef, but I must've like flew back and hit my head. And, um, and then, and, and what I found out is I hit, I must've like fell back and hit my shoulder and then my head. And, um, and, and yeah, I just, I basically was, I must've just blacked out. And then, um, and then, you know, I, I remember blacking out before at times and you got like the family photos go across and then like, and then this super cool breeze, like I felt like blowing across my face and then I like came up in the lagoon and that the, the tower was there because the contest was going to get built. Uh, the contest was going to be in like a couple weeks and I wanted to go over there early to get some practice. And I was kind of like right next to the tower and I kind of looked up and like someone was there and I was like, Oh, and then I was just like, Whoa. And like fell on my head. And then I was just like, and then I thought I like threw my shoulder out cause I had done that before. And I was just like, Oh man, like something gnarly just happened. I should like, don't panic. Just be cool. All you got to do is get to the shore. And I was just like, and that's what I just tried to do. And then as I was going to the shore, I think someone saw what happened and then came around and picked me up on the jet ski and then brought me to the boat. And I think it was, it was probably more of like a, maybe like a concussion in a sense. Cause I was like super emotional. Like I remember like laying on the boat and like crying and like, wasn't, and I was like, gosh, why am I really like so emotional about this? You know? And, um, and yeah, and it was, and then, and then it was kind of funny. Later on, I went and because um, I was starting to do free diving classes and trying to like um, learn about holding my breath. And I, in the one of the things like you see it when like when they're doing the free diving courses, like if someone blacks out, they pull their mask off and they blow across their eyes, because you have these sensors on your face that basically lets your body know that if you're above water it'll wake up and if you're below water it'll it'll just stay yeah. blacked out and then once you use all your oxygen that's when you know like that's why a lot of times if they can get you within five to eight minutes you'll be okay but if you if your body stays under for that long even if you're underwater it will try to take its last breath and that's when you take in the water so i was like wow that was crazy like like i felt that cool air like go across my face and make me wake up um so i think that was 
that was kind of weird in the whole the whole uh, kind of sense of it. You know, when I looked back, I'm like, wow, that was interesting. Do you, you know? look at all the recent, especially pipeline this year has been brutal, right? Like mm-hmm. injury after injury. Do you, yeah, what is your, do you have any thoughts or is just like, it's just bad luck sometimes. Some years luckier than others. It does seem like it goes in waves for sure. Um, Cause I remember when I was young, like staying at the pipe house and there was times where it felt like, cause they used to like land a helicopter in the elementary field and like fly the person to Honolulu. And, uh, and I remember it feeling like there was a helicopter, like one year it felt like the helicopter was landing like every other day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so I kind of think it's, yeah, some years are just weirder than others. And, and I, I think it's just really good. Everyone looks out for each other now, you know, and everyone's kind of paying attention and looking out and, and realizing like if, if everyone's kind of looking out for each other, it can make a, it can be the difference of death or life. What are your fears at night? What keeps you awake? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I try not to like let stress or fear kind of run my life. You know, I think um, I kind of just let, try to just let all the shit go. Like just, I, I, I know I, I, I was talking about a friend just a little bit ago. It's like, I want to say that might be the trick on life. If you can just like let it go and just like not even... So a lot of times I just, I try to just let it go and not even think, you know, it's like, um, because I think if not, you don't sleep, you know? So I, I like to sleep. I love to sleep. I've, I've mastered napping and uh, I can, uh, I can kind of take a nap anywhere. Oh, and I just, brilliant. yeah, and I, I, that's. I'm jealous of the nap anywhere. <laughs> Most people are. And I'm like. I'm like, don't you just feel like you gotta like reboot the system? Like you, even if they're like, but you didn't even nap. Like you just kind of went out for a second. I was like, oh, I just kind of was restarting the restarting the system. It was kind of messed up, you know. So, yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think people just freaking hold things too much. I don't know. I love it. Uh, when you need to put your mind in a good place, what beautiful memories do you revive? Yeah, so there's definitely beautiful memory. It usually starts with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, just really all the things I'm thankful for, all the, all the beautiful things I've experienced. You know, um, you know, it's you know maybe it's calling back on those sessions of uh, of uh, just really really cool moments, or you know, and and um, yeah, that's 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 the trick on life too. Um, you know, and trying to make new ones too. I mean, you know? it's just starting. It's yeah. It's just starting. Uh, uh, do you have a fear of being broke? Uh, not so much for myself, but for my kids and, and stuff. You know, I kind of, um, I think it's wanting to provide like for them, but also in a sense of like not just making them work for it and earn it. Um, but yeah, so you know, I like to provide. Most most men like to to provide in that sense, and so I think that's where the fear comes. I don't really totally feel like it comes from like a personal being broke, because it kind of feels like I can I can live anywhere and kind of do anything, and not and not um, and I don't really stress on that so much for myself. I got 
worst case scenario in my mind of being, <laughs> being in Vegas and dealing blackjack and living in some shit hotel and thinking, oh, I could do that. <laughs> worst case scenario, I'm pretty good. Uh, uh, okay, last one here. Uh, what childhood dreams have stuck with you? Weren't fulfilled, maybe, or were fulfilled, or... Sure, or some, is there anything that you wanted to be or do? Like, your little baby demo. Uh-huh. Like, is, what is, what is still, is it still, like, I mean, are you searching for something? Are you, is there an experience? Is there a becoming? Is there a, is there still that, what, that, uh, yeah. rosebud? Yeah, um, well, I mean, it, it's... You know, I kind of, I mean, I like, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, like they kind of live in like weird parallels there because like, you know, I feel like you should still be dreaming even as an older person, you know, um, you still should have dreams and as, um, aspire to do things or, um, you know, or look forward to something, you know, it's something like to achieve. And, what is it? Okay. So what is that? What is the, what is the new dream? And... And really, like, so the new dream is really just to, is like, it's kind of the opposite, and that's why I say it kind of lives in these two because it's really like living like really simple, really, um, just it's almost opposite of what a dream looks like. It's like not not feeling like you you need to to get something to like fulfill your life or. Or if I make this, then that'll be, you know, because when you're younger, I think a lot of times it's like, if I achieve this goal or this dream, then that's what's, what's going to change my life and what's going to make me happy and like all, all these things. And, and that's great because it helps you achieve things. But I think as you start doing that, you kind of, your dream starts going the other way on a sense of like, you really just want to enjoy each day. You want to take advantage of each day of like, hey, look, I want to go surf today because who knows? I might not even be able to surf tomorrow. Like, oh my gosh, I can go on this trip to go snowboarding in this mountain. Like, dude, I've never been to this mountain. Like, let's go, you know? And so it's like, so then it becomes this almost simplistic way of like, almost just like bringing everything back and just enjoying every moment and not thinking about this just dream that I got to achieve. So it's, it's, um, so nowadays that's what I do. I just go, gosh, like I should just take advantage of today, you know, and, uh, and keep it simple. And yeah, it's not really, there's not really any big, big dreams within that. Fishing. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it might just be going. Fi I'm gonna go fish tomorrow. Like, I might be just like, cool. I'm gonna go fish. Like, take advantage of that. Uh, hey, look, I drove down to the beach and the waves looked really fun this morning. And then like, well, I can get out and surf, you know. And like, and and so they're in my eyes, they're like dreams and they're really cool. But I know in everyone else's eyes, and it's even hard to even like even go like, oh man, what have you been up to? Like, what? And you're like dude, it ain't really much. Like, it's not really that much to talk about. For, but for me, it's been rad. Like, I went down to Seaside and I surfed. And, you know, I went over here and this was like this weird little sandbar. And like, and, you know, and I went up to to Mammoth and snowboarded. And like, dude, that was super cool. And like, dude, it was awesome. And most people are like, 
dude, the snow sucked. It was freaking mammoth. Like, what are you talking about? And, and it was seaside. Like, what? Like, don't you surf like really good waves? And you're like, no, but it was really fun. So it's, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's kind of like an oxymoron, I guess, on the, on the dream sense. I love the oxymoron. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Damien Hopkins. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.